0: everybody, welcome to Revival Town Podcast. I'm Chuck Tate. That is Andy King.
1: How you doing, mate? I'm doing good, mate. How are you doing? You just got back from vacation. Well, just from seeing you, it looks like you just got back from vacation. <laughs> well, Your white yeah. shirt and all, you yeah, know, looking all this and that. I mean, yeah, you're looking good. <laughs> looking, all, looking all this and that. <laughs> oh, well, man,
0: uh, we, we um, I mean... Looking forward to summer, but yeah, we we talked about my vacation to Florida. Yeah, but you went to uh, you had the opportunity to go to to Oregon and California. So let's let's talk about it, man. How oh, was it?
1: Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, I think the thing that um, you know we we loved about it. This sounds really like fanboy type thing, but we went to Oregon because of the film the the Goonies. Goonies, yeah, and um, and it wasn't so much. You know to go and see the actual things that were in the Goonies, but it was just the place, just the. Well, you have the pajamas. I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. But it was it was amazing. the the, the Portland coastline is just breathtaking, and uh, if you've if you've seen the Goonies from the eighties, this was all filmed in a town called Astoria. And even in the film, it's Astoria. They say yeah, it's Astoria. Right. And so, you know, some of the cool things that we did, obviously we got to go to the Goonies house uh, yeah. where the kids, you know, the Which whole- is iconic. Yeah. The, the show is all about this house is going to be knocked down to become a golf course. And so they are trying to say, get money to save the house. And it takes them on this adventure. That house, okay, here's a bit of a crazy story. So we were worried because there's a driveway and then you can stand in front of the Goonies' house. So we had asked a few of the locals, like, hey, are you allowed at the house? And they said.
0: Because <laughs> you're like, you guys brought your sleeping bags. Like, we're going to stay in that house. <laughs> yeah, we
1: we're, we were going to camp <laughs> yeah, in the we, front yard. We house. got in.
0: Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> but when, what the story is, is for the last number of years, there's been someone living there who has hated the whole Goonie thing. Mm. I mean, we—I'd even seen things on on the actual. Well, the person uh,
0: who hates it, they're, then they're living in the wrong house.
1: Absolutely. I Why mean, would you on. buy the house come that's on. the Goonies, right? That,
0: that, that's like the person buying the Home Alone house in Chicago. Yeah, be like I hate Home Alone.
1: Yeah, what? she she <laughs> even put a, a, like a bed sheet on the front on the actual balcony. That said, now this is before we. This was like a few years back. Okay, but this bed sheet, and it said Goonies, go home. Seriously, yeah. Now here's the crazy thing. Then there was another picture. You can see it online of the neighbor who, in the film, I don't know if you remember the Chinese kid Dada, and he uh, and he um, zip lined from his house to the Goonie house. Okay, right? that neighbor had put. Ignore her goonies <laughs> on another big <bench> sheet.
0: <laughs> that wow, that's epic! But the so new, I've only seen the movie once.
1: Oh, mate, come on! I, I you know, got to get I know, the program. I, knew, I, knew. So I need
0: to um, watch it But again, the man. new
1: guy bought it for like one point eight million dollars. He's from Kansas City, big Goonie fan, and he's welcoming not to go on, you know, on the porch or anything, but go and take pictures and stuff. 1500 people a day Go to that house Are you kidding me? No
0: really? So well, I can see why I know my sister's been there
1: Yeah and, and You know So so that was cool We went yeah. there We went to the jail That is in um, If you go on my social media At Andy Britt You can see a picture of me Your mugshot My mugshot Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. From the jail um, Now And, and then we'll, we'll get on to the oh, show Oh that was from
0: the Goonies I thought I thought I thought you got pulled over
1: <laughs> Uh, The two other things that were pretty incredible was we went to Cannon Beach, where if you've seen the movie at the end, there's this huge rock in the middle of the ocean, right, and uh, pretty iconic. And all the all along that, yeah. When I think
0: Oregon, I think of the Rock. I really do.
1: It's it's amazing. But the thing that blew me away, and I mentioned it to you earlier, was in the movie there is this. it's the hideout for the Fratellis, the, the guys who have escaped prison. And it's an old restaurant, right? Well, they built that for the, the film. But you can go to where that was that overlooks the Portland coastline. It's amazing, right? But what was even more incredible was the drive up to that place. It's an oh. estate park and it's it 's a rainforest, this is an actual rainforest, and obviously, because of the the wet weather they have, if you can imagine these you know eighty to one hundred foot ferns and trees, but as you 're driving all of the tree trunks and limbs have got moss growing on them Wow, so it 's like something from Jurassic Park or something like that like it, it's it's cool. incredible yeah. and, uh, and then you get to where the Fratelli place was. And you just have that breathtaking view, so so it was good. You know, we we loved that, and then we we shot down to see the boys in in LA. So that was fun. We That's went cool. and, I saw okay. the pictures. Oh yeah, but well, here's here's something that I don't I don't know if I told you this. So we were in LA, and I said to the boys, "Let's let's go somewhere a bit different." So they said, "Well, why don't we go to Santa Barbara, right? Which is about an hour and a half up." So so they're like, "Yes, yeah, so let's let's go." So we. We get going, incredible seaside area, nothing like L.A., really cool place, right? <laughs> nothing like L.A., it's a really cool place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's more relaxed, yeah. it's right, right. like yeah, Hustle-Bustle. Okay, so so then I get online, I'm like, Harry and Megan live in Santa Barbara. <laughs> Uh-oh. So one of uh, Ethan's wife, Peyton, she finds the address... So we go on a hunt, mate, and we get to the house. There is security detail outside. It's the legit That's house. That's where the mugshot came bro. Nice, yeah. From. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so we, got, we went and found Megan, and, and apparently in that same neighborhood, Oprah lives there, Tom Cruise lives there. Really? Yeah, yeah, but it's just outside of San Santa Barbara. Barbara. Wow. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so so I didn't know that. So, man,
0: what, what a perfect week because as we're recording this, the coronation is tomorrow
1: yeah right? yeah that's right so, so as you listen you, you to were this. out happened. her
0: the house of harry and Meghan. yeah,
1: and yeah you know yeah but you know but legit i mean you know in the in the show they talk about they had to get their own security and everything else and as you drive up there was this big black escalade and wow. you know like keep going type yeah. of thing you wow know,
0: so. Yeah, Man, good. well, I'm so glad you guys had a good vacation. It was cool to see all the photos and yeah. see you
1: connect with the boys and all the family. And all yeah, that, it, was, so. it was good. And today, uh, the guy that's on the show is... From, l- he's from L.A. Born in L.A. Man, so why don't you tell us a bit oh. about him?
0: So his name is Alex Marashko, and he is from Orange County, wrote for the Los Angeles Times, the Christian Post, and now Think Eternity. And just a, he's just a cool cat. Got a great story. Uh, his wife, uh, back of the day, uh, worked for for Chuck Smith, and uh, not in the Jesus Revolution days, but worked for him. And of course, Alex has interviewed Greg Laurie, and um, he just he's just got a uh, got a he's a cool guy, a friend of mine, and um, we're honored to have him on today.
1: Yeah. So why don't you sit back and relax and enjoy this conversation with Alex Mareshko.
0: All right, everyone, it's time for another conversation on Revival Town Podcast. Our guest today, Alex Marashko, is the founder of Media on Mission, a ministry aimed at encouraging journalists and media types who are living out their faith in Jesus Christ. He's also on the writing team for Think Eternity, a ministry website dedicated to powerful faith content to help you live the fulfilled life in Jesus. He has more than 30 years in media-related work, including reporting community news for the Los Angeles Times, education coverage for the Press Enterprise in Riverside, California, and editor and reporter for the Christian Post Church and Ministry section. We're
2: honored to have him
0: today. Alex, welcome to Revival Town.
2: Hey, thank you, Chuck and Andy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, it's so so um, good, good to, to have here. you on.
0: So, you know, um, and Andy knows this, but I had the opportunity to meet you through through Matt Brown when I attended Digital Billy Graham right. Summit last June in Kansas City. And we sat at the same table. I actually met your wife before I met you, and then you came in and I met you. And uh, we, we were just at the same table all weekend. And I didn't know, even when I left the conference, that um, we would really connect on – on more of a, a deeper level, and I, I joined the writing team on Think Eternity that you lead, and um, you know now we've talked and texted, and I'm like, man, we got to get you on, on on the podcast. It's just so cool how how God sets up divine appointments, and um, I consider you one of those.
2: Yes, thank you very much. I, I have a quick uh, um, confession to make to you, Chuck. Okay, that we I didn't I <laughs> I interviewed you. But, but still have to write the story. So. <laughs> I, 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 uh, it's on my list. No, I just got slammed with a bunch of things and uh, wanted to get that confession out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so cool to have you on today. I um, mean, a journalist and writer, and gifted writer, by the way. Um, and we'd Thanks. just love to maybe begin by just by just sharing your story how did how did you come to faith and did, are you originally from California I mean I know you recently moved yes, to I Idaho okay
2: yeah i'm i'm originally i was born in los angeles okay i, I don't think it was east la but uh <laughs> yeah st. <East> Vincent, LA. <laughs> yeah, vincent's hospital and i'm excuse me i'm not sure the, the geographically if it's it's probably close to east la but yeah um my faith journey is that, uh, you know, I didn't think about God much growing up. Uh, I came to the Lord later in life. And uh, to, to kind of just summarize my testimony, um, uh, I was what's politely called as far as in the world, I was a pleasure seeker, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in being such, uh, g- would get into trouble. You know my, my dad would be working on a car or the yard and I would run to go play <laughs> and uh, that kind of uh, categorized uh, myself much into my adult life in that um, you know I just wanted to have fun and by you know meet girls and um, I found a better way to to for me at the time that uh, meeting women, uh, was, uh, enhanced <laughs> if I drank or, you know, smoked dope at right. the time. And, uh, I, I, I wasn't much of a, a, a dope smoker, but, uh, and I just, my drug of choice was alcohol hmm. and, um, and I, I ended up being a bartender for, uh, 13 and a half years. And, uh, wow. so, uh, My drinking wasn't every day, but, um, periodic, but as a bartender, I mean, that's a lot of drinking as far as you hang out with that crowd, you know, you're going to develop some bad habits. Yeah. And so, uh, I did get a a drunk, uh, under the influence DUI. And, um, part of my sentence was 20 AA meetings. And this was like 28 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, heading into that fulfilling their requirement for the ticket uh, which like I said was 20 meetings in recovery um, I went into that with an open mind by by, I believe by God's grace uh, my thinking was that uh, well I was I had you know, received a drunk driving I um had a personal bankruptcy, you know, financial personal b- bankruptcy, um, and excuse me, the first one was that I was married for less than a year, mm. and so that was kind of a a, a, a warning, right there. Married less than a year, personal bankruptcy, and uh, not comfortable in my own skin, mm. and so my reasoning was, well, that's like three strikes, you're out. You <laughs> right. know, using use baseball terminology yeah and so I, I went into the recovery meetings with an, with an open mind you know like my way wasn't working anymore you know I didn't even have that relationship with Jesus yet but yet I, that thought that my way wasn't working was like like a surrender and so I went in, into that uh, aA meeting and I and I remember thinking uh, I hope they don't talk about God. Mm. You know, that that's where I was at that point in my life. And so, sure enough, I don't remember if they talked about God, but their feelings about life and day-to-day existence, I could relate to. It's like, wow, these are my people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I was sober for like two and a half years, uh, and... Um, towards the end of those two and a half years, I was still very uncomfortable. Mm. And um, somebody suggested that I start going to church. And um, so I went with that friend to church, and um, that particular church, I got a call while I was at work from an assistant pastor. And he said, well, do you know the Lord yet? And I said, no, I don't think so. (laughs) He said, well, would you like to pray (laughs) <laughs> Would you like to pray over the phone? And I said, well, I'm at work. And he goes, well, is there anybody around you? And I go, no. He said, well, just close your eyes and pray with me. Wow. And, um, yeah. and so I prayed with him over the phone, and I didn't know what was supposed to happen, right? I accepted Jesus. I didn't know if some, you know, that I should feel something. or. And so the bottom line was I didn't know if it, quote, unquote, it took and so and so um, I show up to church. The call, phone call was on a Wednesday. I show up to his church on a Sunday, and he greets me with a Bible. He says, welcome to the family. And he, said, and he also said, I don't promise that this will be a rose garden for you. And um, I said, okay, thank you. And so I went in the church. Not, it was still kind of empty And that church had pews, not the the chairs, but actual pews. I sat down and I opened up the Bible. And the first page I saw, I'll remember this for the rest of my life, is that on the left-hand side was highlighted Philippians 4, 6. And um, I didn't even have to read the whole verse. The first few words were, do not be anxious about anything. And it's, it's as if uh, God put his hand on my shoulder and said, you're headed in the right direction. Mm. And I, I felt this peace overcome me. I, I'm, I'm sure that I was smiling. If, everybody, if anybody saw me, they'd they probably see a smile on my face. And this peace without understanding, really. Uh, but it was an acknowledgment by God that, you know what, buddy, you're headed in the right direction. So, fast forward uh, uh, a couple months after that, um, i I'm still a seeker, basically, uh, I went to another church, a big mega church, where the music was a little bit uh, more my style, it was like walking <laughs> into a jazz club, as far as in between services, you know? <laughs> and um, I felt comfortable in the place, the greeters were really cool, and um, so I'm standing in the again fast forward a little bit, and I'm standing in the in the quad area, the pavilion area, and I see across the the area there that there's a uh, information table for Celebrate Recovery, and right on. <clears throat> nobody else. Yeah, and and nobody else around except for a guy named John behind the table. And I tried to act cool and just flip through the flyers on the table. <laughs> and, and just out of the blue, he says, do you know Christ? And, and again, I, I said, I, I, don't, I don't know. And he says, well, would you like to pray right now to accept Christ? <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, just step on behind the table. And it's hard, hard, I don't think anybody around is just kind wow. of strange. And so I, I said this prayer to accept Jesus into my life, and uh, you know, to to do everything in my power to follow Him, and uh, confess my sins. And I physically, at that moment, it took. I, guess, I felt lighter, and I physically felt lighter. And from from then on, things were completely different. Wow.
0: And so, did you start going to to celebrate recovery then?
2: Yes. And in fact, I was a leader for four and a half years. That's awesome. So, so so, so we
0: have um, celebrate recovery at our church every Friday night. So, oh, right on. That's when it was there. It was Friday night. Yeah. So, tonight. Yeah. So, wow, that's really cool. So, then, so you got saved, you started going to celebrate recovery, eventually become a leader. So, then, um, Had you already, were you already a journalist or did you, did you get into writing um, later Um, on? So, so what happened?
2: So uh, in, in the, I was, um, got my degree as far as journalism, I I decided late in life to go back to college and um, I looked back on what did I do well? And I always got, you know, no lower than a B uh, for writing classes. And so, this is another thing that came before I knew Jesus was, but still of His grace was that um, the thought occurred to me that uh, I'm not a salesperson at the time I was, I was work, I was working for a, a mattress shop, and um, I had discovered that I can't sell beds. So. <laughs> I almost spit up my coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't you know, uh, I, hello, my name is Alex. I can't, Alex. Sell, I can't sell beds. <laughs>
2: yeah. Don't ask me to sell beds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh just you know, I was there was one particular sale time at the mattress shop. It was a father-son operation. They're sitting in the corner there watching my every move to see if I can sell a bed. And um <laughs> I it was just so much I it got came to the realization that like I just said I'm I'm not a salesperson. All right. Yeah. And so well, I decided to go back to college and um, I graduated from Cal State Fullerton in um uh let's see what was it 93. So that's like 19 years after high school and I'm oh well, "Yeah, was, you know, and I had attended classes here and there, maybe one class a semester and And now I was attending full-time, and uh, um, I was on the 20-year plan. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I decided to go back to college because uh, um, I I thought, you know, it's not just about the degree. If I'm uh, majoring in communications with an emphasis on journalism, uh, it'll be a good place to meet people. So if the experience was just the fact that I was able to meet people, Uh, and make connections that maybe they would even help me get a job. And sure enough, there was two people that actually helped me get a job. And um, so I I remember meeting at a a newspaper after I got my degree. You know, I started applying for jobs, and one guy told me, uh, an editor told me, why do you want to be a reporter? There's no money in it. And uh, I said, well, okay, there's no money in it. And so that interview didn't go much farther than that. But uh, I was able to work for a book publishing company and um, was there for seven years. Um, I decided to, that I'm not going to turn into a partner at this company. And so um, I decided to call a friend at the Los Angeles Times, who was my editor at Cal State Fullerton. And he said, you know, there's a guy sitting right now. He's the editor of the community news section of the LA Times, which at that time was called Our Times. And, um, and so, uh, I met with that editor and I, they, they tested me for a few days and, uh, see if I was qualified and they gave me the job and it was, it was beautiful. Uh, and right about that time is when I came to the Lord, like maybe a few months before. Wow. And so, so yeah, so God knew what he was doing. doing. Yes. So I'm exactly, exactly. And so I'm at the Los Angeles Times uh, and in the main newsroom in Orange County, and about 50 people in the newsroom. And, uh, you know, I was assigned a couple cities in Orange County, Westminster, and Seal Beach. And, uh, you know, I was able to get uh, evidence of God into a couple stories. Good. And uh, one particular story I did um, uh, the memorial service of a famous surfer, or at least locally famous surfer. He died of pancreatic cancer at 68. And the pastor leading the ceremony, the, his life celebration, said that today we're going to uh, learn about this famous surfer and how he was a party animal and how he came to the Lord. And I was like, had tears in my eyes. Yeah. And um, so sure enough, he shares that, when it was the pastor's turn to share his story he said that he had the privilege and blessing to be with the surfer for the last 2 weeks of his life and the way he led the surfer to Jesus was he used surfing analogy mm-hmm. and it was you lean into Jesus like you lean into your surfboard in uh, catching a wave with your whole body wow and That's he cool. also said this last wave you ride you, you ride by faith, not by sight. So that's wow. Second Corinthians five seven, and um, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. And so that particular quote, you don't you this last wave you ride, you ride by faith, not by sight, was a pullout quote in the Los Angeles Times, for in the Orange County section, the the photograph from that memorial of the surfers lining up for the paddle out made the front cover and then it jumped to my story with that pull out quote. Wow. This last wave you ride you ride by faith, not by sight. So it is possible to have a, a Christian worldview as a reporter in a secular paper. Wow.
0: So how how cool was that? I mean, I mean you got saved and you're working for LA Times, Los Angeles Times and then yeah that, that pull out that quote, this article that you wrote, I mean, obviously God had his hand on you. And what, what a, what a cool opportunity. What a cool story.
2: Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. Was yeah. it,
1: was it hard to, um, you know, being in the LA time? So my, both my boys live in LA. It's obviously a lot different than uh, Peoria, Illinois, where we live. So, you know, it's in LA, it's fast pace, it's hustle. It's, um, you know, you got to, You've got to keep rolling you know it, it feels like mm-hmm. you can't pause when and especially for you coming to christ and being in that world with the la times uh i mean you talked about being able to to bring christ obviously into some of the stories um but was it challenging being a new christian around that environment for you
2: yes yes it was challenging um I will tell you that, on a certain presidential election, <laughs> I was assigned uh, to work that that day and that night, and so uh, that particular election was was up and down as far as who was in the lead, right? Yeah. And so when the uh, let's just say the the liberal Minded president, at least it was quite evident that he was the liberal side uh, was leading for most of the day, and then the conservative president all of a sudden took a, a lead late in the day. Mm. The, the The newsroom erupted in a lot of expletives. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, but and, you were like, um, "Yes, yeah." I, <laughs> You know, it's kind of like it's a, it's kind of like I, I went to a New England uh, Patriot at the time it was a Los Angeles Raiders game, mm. and uh, I had some New England Patriot fans sitting in front of me, and they were they were killing the Raiders, but they couldn't celebrate because they were surrounded. And in fact, they celebrated once and they got beer pelted. Yeah. at, at a, you know they couldn't celebrate because it, it was such a rowdy atmosphere. So this was kind of similar. Yeah, yeah. In that in that I couldn't stand up and go, "Yes," you know, for a conservative-minded uh, president winning the election. Wow. Well, how did I'm you- keeping out the names. Keeping out the names here for. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so then how did you how did you end
0: up transitioning from the Los Angeles Times to I mean the Christian Post? I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with the Christian Post. And of course, they, I remember they got shut down on, on Twitter. And then when Elon bought Twitter, they were put back on Twitter. Yeah. And, um, and then obviously the Christian Post and writing for, for Think Eternity. And now um, you have the opportunity to, to write stories about your faith and about, yes. you know, so that obviously um, that was all part of God's plan. How has that been? And, and how did that transition happen?
2: Well, um, the, uh, back at the LA Times, the R Times section that I was working for was actually contracted out to an R Times division. And when the Times was uh, bought out by the Tribune Company, uh, they decided to get rid of that R Times section. But they gave me a four month extension, and I was able to land a job as an education reporter. Uh, with the Press Enterprise in Riverside. Okay. And I didn't want to leave Orange County. I didn't want to leave Orange County. And so uh, I met with the editor of the Press Enterprise in, in uh, the Southwest section, and which was in Temecula, was the office. And we have lunch together and find out that he's a Christian. So my next editor after the Our Time section was a Christian. Wow. And it was, praise the Lord, I'm, I, can move, I, I can move out of Orange County. <laughs> because my, I have a brother in, in Christ as my editor. And so that's part of the transition that, uh, you know, I can lean on God for my, my job direction. And um, so um, after a year, that particular editor was gone. And, or even before the year, I'm sorry, that, that editor was gone. And um, I decided that I need to move on. And um, so I had another job working for a, a marketing company. I was writing ad copy. And then um, I just decided to apply with the Christian Post. And, again, that was like three days of testing and doing, you know, mock stories and uh so I was a reporter for the Christian uh, post and that was uh, very refreshing. Um, I wrote two stories a day, Monday through Friday. Oh my. Uh, for half. Yeah. I was there for four, four and a half years or so. And halfway through they, they made me church and ministry, and ministry, um, editor. And so I would write one story a day and then edit anywhere from two to six stories, uh, on top of that. So, uh, I, it was such a blessing because I got to meet people like you guys, you know, leaders and in in influencers. They, at the time, they didn't have that term, influencers. But that ages me. Huh? <laughs> but, uh, but uh, um, yeah, I, I, I was able to, some of the top Christian leaders in the nation, able to interview them, most of them by phone. I met uh, Matt Brown of Think Attorney through the Christian Post. Billy Hollowell through the Christian Post, and um, it was just an absolute blessing. Some of those interviews over the phone were like I was getting my own personal sermon. Yeah. So it's it way cool. cool.
0: And we've had Billy and Matt on the podcast. In fact, Billy's been on it a, a couple times. So it's just cool, cool, to see how God's hand was was on you, leading and guiding and directing you. And um, so let, let's talk about let's talk about the Jesus Revolution because um, you've you've. Um, written about it about that and the asbury revival there seems to be it's kind of interesting how this movie came out and then this revival is taking place at the same time there's been a hunger and thirst and we've seen little pockets of that of that spreading of course the, the movie blew everyone away by how well it did and and now it's out right. on all the digital platforms and um, you know I watched it again just a just a couple of days ago but, but your wife even worked for Chuck Smith right
2: right yes she did and, and she, we were invited to an, uh, advanced, advanced screening back when we were living in, um, HB Huntington beach. And, um, we were both impacted by the movie. Um, at the, you know, she, yes, she, she did work for Chuck Smith. Not at that time. That's way back. Yeah. But right, yeah. Later. But yeah. And, um, and I at the time was like 13 years old in, uh, 1969. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And we we would, uh, my family would frequent Laguna Beach just south of that Pirate's Cove in Corona Del Mar where the baptism scene was filmed. And so I would see, as we would go to the beach in Laguna, we would see the hippies. And invariably when my cousin and I would walk down the cliff above Laguna's main beach, we would bump into somebody sleeping in the bushes. so yeah So, you know, bell-bottoms and... Tattered bell bottoms, and just the beach was a lot of those the the people there who were sleeping there. And at the time, it was probably too hard to even manage any kind of controls to who sleeps over on the beach or not. Right. Yeah. Oh, I got to see from a different perspective that era. I hadn't. I didn't know the Lord yet, but I recognized that there was some kind. It was like a movement uh, of. Young people that were just living at the time; it was free, right? F- free love and free everything, and yeah. free free accommodations at the beach.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, right on, man!
2: I can dig it. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, this podcast so, has a good vibe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Where, where have I heard that before? Uh, so, again, through the Christian Post, I had, had already talked to Greg Laurie before. I uh, you know, Matt Brown and, um, Greg Laurie and the producer, John Irwin. And so I, I managed to, it wasn't too difficult to get interviews by those people. And they just shared some wonderful things about making that movie and how it impacted them. And, um, uh, you know, and as far as the Asbury revival, you know, just recently I was able to interview the, uh, The pastor that led the service on that first night, February 8th, and really cool guy. I think, Chuck, you were in on a Zoom call, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. And so hearing that he's just basically an ordinary guy, thinking that his, his message, his sermon for that afternoon or night was no big deal, and here, all these people decide to stay in the church, and they don't leave for sixteen days. Yeah,
1: amazing. Yeah, we, well, we recently had um, a gentleman on the podcast called J D. Walt, who um, uh, was on the faculty many years ago. He he works for Asbury, but in Franklin now. And um, but they mm-hmm. flew him in to to like just try and oversee what was happening and and not make it you know uh not to say not make it as bigger than what it was but they wanted to really focus on this is something for the student that this was a student mm-hmm. driven thing you know and and his conversation yes. was so refreshing because um you know like like you know there's many places that are saying there's revival and is it really revival or is it just something being stirred up uh, whereas with the Asbury um, revival, this was a pure, just a pure outpouring. Nothing hyped about it. It was it was just students wanting to meet with God. And uh, um, yes, is, yes. That, is that what your take was when you were interviewing these guys? Uh,
2: yes, and um, it's interesting with my uh, interview of Greg Laurie. You know, who's the one of the central characters of. Uh, Jesus Revolution the true the true story um, you know he said if you want revival you do revival like things so what does that tell us mm. you know and he and when what he said that like for example coming to church early and staying late being come expectant yeah. for what's going to happen you know, uh, at that particular church service, let's say. And so I, I, I found it ironic that people were questioning, as far as Asbury Revival, they were questioning the validity of it when someone like Greg Laurie, and, you know, and, and it wasn't just Greg Laurie saying, you know, do revival-like things. So as a young person, let's say they hear Greg and they said, you know what, yeah, let's do revival-like things. Let's pray a lot. Let's worship a lot. Let's seek him and get closer. How can you fault? You know, it's like you, they talk about exercise, you know, um, exercise your spiritual muscle. So a lot of that is intentional. It may, it may you know, I don't, I don't know. It may not, yes or no, as far as be a direct message from the Holy Spirit. Right. But how can you fault someone for trying? Good. Even if they don't know the Lord, they'd say, they and they say, "You know what? Something's going on there, and it's special. I want to go visit it." How can you question the validity of that? Even that act, <laughs> All right?
0: Yeah, I love that. You want revival? Do, re- do revival like things, man. Le- lean into lean into God, just like you would lean into your surfboard to catch that wave, right? And I've yeah. heard Rick Warren say yes. before, you can't create momentum. But once there is momentum, you ride it as long as you can, and I think um, yeah. that's that's what we need to do. We need to ride this out and continue to seek God and wow. trust Him and use all of our platforms to advance the kingdom, to, to share the gospel. And that's wow. what I love about you, Alex. You're yes. using your platform, and you're you're writing stories. You're honoring God through through a keyboard, and it's so cool to see what God has done and what He's con- continuing to do. So, man, thanks so much for for coming on today and. Um, I know there's probably people listening, and they're maybe they're on the beginning of their faith journey, maybe they're somewhere in the in the middle, and perhaps they're they're seeking God uh, with direction. Maybe there's someone listening who needs to celebrate recovery. I don't know, but can you can you close us out today by just praying for our listener?
2: Yes, I can, most definitely. So, dear Lord, we pray for those that are stuck, let's say, in anxiety, for example. It's easy to be anxious in this world. We pray for those people. And when they're looking at ways to to find hope and peace, that they start with an open mind, that they realize that perhaps their own way isn't really working and that they need to find a better way. And so I ask that you, Lord, that you help people Get that open mind like like I just said that there's something that's missing and Lord please help me find what I need, what you need under under Jesus, Lord. And so I just pray for everyone out there and I pray for people in the media that they also seek truth. That there's a lot of things in the media today that are false. People are calling both sides to fake news from both ends. So there is the good news of Jesus Christ, and then once you are, you know, put your trust in Jesus, then you'll see. You'll you, he can help you with discernment, and you can figure out as best as possible, especially with the Lord, what is true and what is not true. So I pray. That people work, media working in the secular media, media and excuse me, and the uh, faith-based media, that they seek your way, seek your truth, and seek your Uh, peace—the peace that surpasses all understanding—in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Well, Alex, thank you so much uh, for being on today, and. Uh, praying but what we would like is um, for you to just share a little bit of how people can connect to what you're doing now whether it's social media websites and uh, can you just let the folks know how to connect with you
2: sure so i'm kind of uh, split as far as websites uh, i'm both on media mission media on mission.org which is my site sure and then I'm also on ThinkE.org, which is Think Eternity with Matt Brown. Okay. And so, in uh, that's one way to connect. MediaOnMission.org and ThinkE.org. I'm under Faith Contact blog. And then uh, you can uh, simply. on Twitter. I'm Alex Marashko. Just my full name. Okay. So I think that's a, that's that's what the social media that I'm using most right now. Okay, great, right,
1: right. on. Well, we uh, we again appreciate you coming on today. Uh, but the end of revival town always ends with the big. Three questions. Oh, yeah. So three questions. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's, it's. You told me about that.
1: Yeah, it's global. Everyone knows about it. So, uh, (laughs) so uh, why don't we, um, do you want want to start out, Andy? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, you, this is pretty cool because one of my uh, boys, they live in LA. His wife was from Idaho uh, in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, wow. So um, so when you talked about Idaho and California, I, I, I knew a little bit, right, as far as where it was on the map, and I've been to both. But what is the biggest difference that you can see between living in California and Idaho?
0: Potatoes. Well, it, <laughs> okay. you,
2: you beat Chuck, or who, who was that? That was Chuck. You beat me to the answer. I was going to say well, Idaho has got the famous potatoes, and California has the famous tacos. Oh, so, oh, you know, yeah. that's the difference there.
1: <laughs> Street tacos especially. Oh, those, yeah, those, yeah. Street those food trucks in L.A., they get me every time, Chuck. Yeah. I'm every hungry. Time. Oh, man. Yeah. Great. All right, Mike, my, the, my, my question. The
2: they do have tacos in Idaho, but uh, I'm sorry, California's got to <laughs> All
0: right, uh, so see, my question. Go, go to food with those answers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. So, um, I, I mean, obviously, you, you recently moved to Idaho, but growing up your whole life in Orange County. Um, Dodgers, Lakers, Clippers, Rams, or Raiders?
2: Lakers I was born with. I used to listen to Chick Hearn on a transistor radio. Wow. Uh, Chick Hearn being the announcer for the Lakers. And my, when my parents showtime. would tell me to go to bed, yeah, Showtime. When my parents would tell me to go to bed and the Lakers game was still on, I'd take that transistor radio to bed and listen to Chick Hearn. And with Chick Hearn, the great thing about him is you didn't really have to watch the game. You, the way he was such a good announcer that he took you there yeah, to the so game.
1: Wow, that's cool. That's good. All right, I've got one last question. You, you have interviewed a lot of people. Uh, what is the most memorable one?
2: Well, just right off the bat, I mean, I hadn't thought about that question. You're the first one to ask me that. Um, I would say my interview with um, Joseph Bodarenko, who is a Ukrainian pastor and um, he was known as the Billy Graham of Russia, mm-hmm. and he was he, he he wrote the book Most Wanted by the KB, KGB, and he was arrested three times, and he was in prison for ten years. Wow! So so now he lives in America, and he's got a ministry helping the Russian people and their Ukrainian people, and so that interview, he also prayed for me mm-hmm. and his prayer was so cool that it was encouraging to me as a writer, you know, uh, can't remember the exact words right now, but it basically it was about, you know, write like, right with the, the spirit of God going right through you mm-hmm. and onto the paper, onto the digital screen. And it was, I think that's the most memorable for two reasons. Uh, my dad was born in the Ukraine, and so I could relate to a lot of what he was saying, mm. and um, it was huge. That was the fact that it was current topic of what's happening there right now, yeah. Yeah. and that's a, that's a country, both countries, Russia and Ukraine. You know, at the time that I was growing up, Ukraine was considered Russia, so there's Russian people within Ukraine, and Ukrainian people in Russia. So, um, yeah, that was a powerful interview.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, it was kind of cool because next week we're going to have Esther Fedikevich on the podcast. She's been on before, but she's coming on next week to talk about her book, Hope for the Ukraine. She is uh, the um, wow. the owner and operator of Fed Agency. She uh, is my agent, and um, it's just really, really cool to, to hear her story um, as her family is from the Ukraine and um, just kind of see how those worlds collide so good stuff great yes well Alex we want to thank we want
1: to we want to thank you so much for being on Revival Town podcast today taking your time and sharing and praying and uh, again we just just wanted to thank you for coming on
2: you're welcome and thank you for having me
0: (laughs) yeah good deal well thanks Alex we appreciate it and we look forward to talking to you soon I don't know what that is.
1: <laughs> oh man. That was great. That was good stuff. It was, it was so good because, um, you know, especially when he talked about the LA times and how it, it was, it's as though he was like this, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, so to speak. Right. When, when he would hear things or see things that were more left than right, so to speak. And, and, uh, that was really interesting to yeah. hear that. Yeah. And I love
0: that he, that he um, how he came to Christ, how Alex came to faith, and just the, the, the phone call prayer, and then when he just needed to realize he needed to go to church and walked up to the Celebrate Recovery table. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about the impact that CR's had on so many, so many people, and and um, we do it at our church every Friday night, and it's just an incredible ministry. I love it, support it, and seeing so many people with hurts and hang-ups, and Habits that could help. So, and Jesus. Whoa. how
1: many H's there? That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know what's next, mate? I'm ready. Here we go. This is Tate and his mate. Is this a, a coronation special? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. I should have, shouldn't I? I am <laughs> such a bad. Uh... No, no, we
0: get, we. You, you've done a great job with being. The Tate mate relevance of everything that's going on over in UK. So, no, yeah. that's cool, man. You, yeah. get, you got me. I just downloaded the book. I haven't listened to it yet.
1: Which one, Harry?
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. come on.
1: Yeah, I'm ready. It was good. You know, I, I talked earlier about we went to the house and everything, but like, like everything just it's come alive. Even the coronation stuff, and you know some of the stuff that's going on in the background. You know what I mean? Yep. Megan's not wasn't there. Like, you know, there's still stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, right, right, right. So but anyway, always something. there's always more than what we know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, All
0: so right. uh, are you ready for this? Yeah, Tate is made. This is where Andy from the UK throws a British slang word that is familiar there, but not here in the US. Sometimes it's rhyming me slang. Oh, that's close. Yeah, and, that's good, um, that's good. So I have to guess the meaning.
1: Alright then, um, I think you'll know this, but I was watching a show the other night and my wife was like, we don't say that over here. So, uh, so it's, it's on-, on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, so I think I'm going to, uh, I think you need to sling your hook.
0: Ooh, we're going to watch um, Peter Pan and Wendy or something like that? Is this oh, yeah. One? That might so, be on there. Yeah, uh, okay. Sling
1: your hook. you, you can just sling your hook.
0: Oh, sling your hook. Oh, you were thinking I hook. I said you got to watch the movie <laughs> Hook. <laughs> from, the mo- from the movie Hook. Oh, my gosh. So the, sling, so the... Sling your hook. The phrase is sling the hook.
1: Sling your hook. Oh, sling your hook. Just sling your hook.
0: Sling your hook. Just sling your hook. Um... I bet you people listening could do a better job at guessing this than me. <laughs> By the way, if, you're, try, if, you, if, if Susan, you're listening for, Susan Woodkey, <laughs> for, super fan
1: Susan, I know you could probably figure this out. Uh, wait, well, wait, wait, we've got to tell people what we're doing here. Sorry. So I'm from England as you can tell, and there's a lot of different words, right? A right. lot of different words in England. So I'm trying to I'm trying to outwit Chuck over yeah, there, I, yep. And so that's what Tate and his mate yeah. means.
0: So. You know, I just said that.
1: Right? Yeah, no, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I, as I started talking, oh, yeah. I was like, I "He just that." I'll just sling you home.
0: All right, right. But yeah, no. But I did not clarify that I'm Tate and your mate.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> because
0: yeah, yeah. it's a thing. Hey, you thing. Know, is hey mate, Hey yeah, mate, yeah, right. Which yeah. I I say now all the time. Even um, other people, they yeah. think I'm weird. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. You, know. you are. But I'm going to start talking with the British accent. <laughs> Alright, All right, so sling your hook um is go ahead go ahead and sling your hook. Can, can you use it a, a, in a sentence besides that? Um, um
1: just sling your hook. I mean let's just you know Chuck, just sling your hook.
0: Just just get it done. Just sling your hook, get it done. Get it done? Get it done. Is that
1: your final answer? It's my final answer. Uh no it's not. Okay, dang it. It it means um, uh get lost.
0: Get, <laughs> Well, Chuck, just sling sling. your hook. Wait a minute.
1: You've said that to me on the phone before. Yeah, that's right. About time you got what I was trying to say. Yeah, Yeah, sling your
0: hook. Oh, let's let's sling your hook, I Just get lost. You know what? Man, there's
1: some... That'd be a good t-shirt. Sling your hook.
0: Sling your hook. You know what? Sling your hook. When it comes to other podcasts, sling your hook. Sling your hook. (laughs) You know what? Revival (laughs) Town.
1: Good Good stuff. Well, Chuck, love doing this with you yet again. Likewise. Great great episode today and uh if you're listening make sure that you're just letting people know about the podcast it's we feel it's a fun hour that you can have every week uh yeah we get serious at times but a lot of it is just us hanging out and telling stories and and highlighting what god's doing throughout the world not just uh in our neck of the woods but all over the place
0: right out and you know what in and it's—we don't just think it's fun, but we get a lot of feedback from people. So thank you for taking the time to to write us and let us know. I got a text message. I, I shared this with you just a few days yeah. ago from yeah. a, a friend, Corey, listening, and um, said if if ta- if Revival Town. If you guys ever stop doing Revival Town, just do Tate and his mate. I, I'm in. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. Just conversations with Chuck and Andy. Yeah, right? yeah. So good stuff. Well, thank you guys for listening. Go to revivaltownpodcast.com and give us a rating on, on Apple Podcasts or, or Spotify. Whatever, any, anything you can do to help spread the word um, It's greatly greatly appreciated. And don't forget, we do have merch. I'm going to have to create a Slinger Hook shirt. We're going to have to Sling your out. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it. Sling your Hook. All right.
1: See you next week, guys. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information,
2: head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com.